Chapter Ten of A Tangled Tale. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Avai in October two thousand and nine. A Tangled Tale by Lewis Carroll. Chapter Ten. Not Ten. Chelsea Buns. Yeah, buns and buns and buns. Old song. How very, very sad exclaimed clara and the eyes of the gentle girl filled with tears as she spoke sad but very curious when you come to look at it arithmetically was her aunt's less romantic reply some of them have lost an arm in their country's service some a leg some an ear some an eye and some perhaps all clara murmured dreamily as they passed the long rows of weather-beaten heroes basking in the sun did you notice that very old one with a red face who was drawing a map in the dust with his wooden leg and all the others watching i think it was a plan of a battle the battle of trafalgar no doubt her aunt interrupted briskly hardly that i think clara ventured to say you see in that case he couldn't well be alive couldn't well be alive the old lady contemptuously repeated he's as lively as you and me put together why if drawing a map in the dust with one's wooden leg doesn't prove one to be alive perhaps you'll kindly mention what does prove it clara did not see her way out of it logic had never been her forte to return to the arithmetic mad mathesis resumed the eccentric old lady never let slip an opportunity of driving her niece into a calculation what percentage do you suppose must have lost all four a leg an arm an eye and an ear how can i tell gasped the terrified girl she knew well what was coming you can't of course without data her aunt replied but i'm just going to give you give her a chelsea bun miss that's what most young ladies likes best the voice was rich and musical, and the speaker dexterously whipped back the snowy cloth that covered his basket, and disclosed a tempting array of the familiar square buns, joined together in rows, richly egged and browned, and glistening in the sun. "'No, sir, I shall give her nothing so indigestible. Be off!' The old lady waved her parasol threateningly, but nothing seemed to disturb the good humour of the jolly old man, who marched on, chanting his melodious refrain. Chelsea buns, Chelsea buns hot, Chelsea buns. Piping hot, Chelsea buns hot, Chelsea buns. Far too indigestible, my love, said the old lady. Percentages will agree with you ever so much better. Clara sighed, and there was a hungry look in her eyes as she watched the basket lessening in the distance. But she meekly listened to the relentless old lady, who at once proceeded to count off the data on her fingers say that seventy per cent have lost an eye seventy-five per cent an ear eighty per cent an arm eighty-five per cent a leg that'll do it beautifully now my dear what percentage at least must have lost all four no more conversation occurred unless a smothered exclamation of piping hot which escaped from clara's lips as the basket vanished round the corner could be counted as such until they reached the old chelsea mansion where clara's father was then staying with his three sons and their old tutor balbus lambert and hugh had entered the house only a few minutes before them 
they had been out walking and hugh had been propounding a difficulty which had reduced lambert to the depths of gloom and had even puzzled balbus it changes from wednesday to thursday at midnight doesn't it hugh had begun sometimes said balbus cautiously always said lambert decisively sometimes balbus gently insisted six midnights out of seven it changes to some other name i meant of course hugh corrected himself when it does change from wednesday to thursday it does it at midnight and only at midnight surely said balbus lambert was silent well now suppose it's midnight here in chelsea then it's wednesday west of chelsea say in ireland or america where midnight hasn't arrived yet and it's thursday east of chelsea say in germany or russia where midnight has just passed by surely balbus said again even lambert nodded this time but it isn't midnight anywhere else so it can't be changing from one day to another anywhere else and yet if ireland and america and so on call it wednesday and germany and russia and so on call it thursday there must be some place not chelsea that has different days on the two sides of it and the worst of it is the people there get their days in the wrong order they've got wednesday east of them and thursday west just as if their day had changed from thursday to wednesday i've heard that puzzle before cried lambert and i'll tell you the explanation when a ship goes round the world from east to west we know that it loses a day in its reckoning so that when it gets home and calls its day wednesday it finds people here calling it thursday because we've had one more midnight than the ship has had and when you go the other way round you gain a day i know all that said hugh in reply to this not very lucid explanation but it doesn't help me because the ship hasn't proper days one way round you get more than twenty-four hours to the day and the other way you get less so of course the names get wrong but people that live on in one place always get twenty-four hours to the day i suppose there is such a place balbus said meditatively though i never heard of it and the people must find it very queer as hugh says to have the old day east of them and the new one west because when midnight comes round to them with a new day in front of it and the old one behind it one doesn't see exactly what happens i must think it over so they had entered the house in the state i have described balbus puzzled and lambert buried in gloomy thought yes master is at home mum, said the stately old butler nota bene it is only a butler of experience who can manage a series of three m's together without any interjacent vowels and the old party is awaiting for you in the library i don't like his calling your father an old party mad mathesis whispered to her niece as they crossed the hall and clara had only just time to whisper in reply he meant the whole party before they were ushered into the library and the sight of the five solemn faces there assembled chilled her into silence her father sat at the head of the table and mutely signed to the ladies to take the two vacant chairs one on each side of him his three sons and balbus completed the party writing materials had been arranged round the table after the fashion of a ghostly banquet the butler had evidently bestowed much thought on the grim device sheets of quarto paper each flanked by a pen on one side and a pencil on the other represented the plates pen wipers did duty for rolls of bread 
while ink bottles stood in the places usually occupied by wine glasses the piece de resistance was a large green baize bag which gave forth as the old man restlessly lifted it from side to side a charming jingle as of innumerable golden guineas sister daughter sons and balbus the old man began so nervously that balbus put in a gentle hear hear while hugh drummed on the table with his fists this disconcerted the unpractised orator sister he began again then paused a moment moved the bag to the other side and went on with a rush i mean this being a critical occasion more or less being the year when one of my sons comes of age he paused again in some confusion having evidently got into the middle of his speech sooner than he intended but it was too late to go back hear hear cried balbus quite so said the old gentleman recovering his self-possession a little when first i began this annual custom my friend balbus will correct me if i am wrong hugh whispered with a strap but nobody heard him except lambert who only frowned and shook his head at him this annual custom of giving each of my sons as many guineas as would represent his age it was a critical time so balbus informed me as the ages of two of you were together equal to that of the third so on that occasion i made a speech he paused so long that balbus thought it well to come to the rescue with the words it was at most but the old man checked him with a warning look yes made a speech he repeated a few years after that balbus pointed out i say pointed out hear hear cried balbus quite so said the grateful old man that it was another critical occasion the ages of two of you were together double that of the third so i made another speech another speech and now again it's a critical occasion so balbus says and i am making here mad mathis is pointedly referred to her watch all the haste i can the old man cried with wonderful presence of mind indeed sister i'm coming to the point now the number of years that have passed since that first occasion is just two-thirds of the number of guineas i then gave you now my boys calculate your ages from the data and you shall have the money but we know our ages cried hugh silence sir thundered the old man rising to his full height he was exactly five foot five in his indignation i say you must use the data only you mustn't even assume which it is that comes of age he clutched the bag as he spoke and with tottering steps it was about as much as he could do to carry it he left the room and you shall have a similar cadeau the old lady whispered to her niece when you've calculated that percentage and she followed her brother nothing could exceed the solemnity with which the old couple had risen from the table and yet was it was it a grin with which the father turned away from his unhappy sons could it be could it be a wink with which the aunt abandoned her despairing niece and were those were those sounds of suppressed chuckling which floated into the room just before balbus who had followed them out closed the door surely not and yet the butler told the cook but no that was merely idle gossip and i will not repeat it the shades of evening granted their unuttered petition and closed not o'er them for the butler brought in the lamp the same obliging shades left them a lonely bark the wail of a dog in the backyard baying the moon for a while but neither morn alas 
nor any other epoch, seemed likely to restore them, to that peace of mind which had once been theirs, ere ever these problems had swooped upon them and crushed them with a load of unfathomable mystery. "'It's hardly fair,' muttered you, "'to give us such a jumble as this to work out.' "'Fair?' Clara echoed bitterly. "'Well,' and to all my readers I can but repeat the last words of gentle Clara, "'Farewell.' End of chapter 10